Each week we take you around Austin to be the athletics department, sometimes Clarksville, and occasionally the OVC to give you the full scope of what's unfolding around us. I am Colby Wilson. He is Dylan Schwartz. And since parking is once again a complex nightmare, that must mean students are back on campus and welcome back indeed. Dylan, are you excited to see everybody again? Of course. You know, I, I'm sure if they could see my face right now, they'd, they'd They wouldn't think me. you were lying exactly. at all. Uh, do we have any, any banter to get to? Not really. It, it was mostly an event-based thing. Last week, uh, a couple of spring items as we start gearing up for the spring outdoor seasons. Baseball visited with the 160, 160th SOAR program out at Fort Campbell as they started their season prep last week, doing some team building out on post. Always a good time. Uh, really looked like they got a lot out of that. And after the arrival of the coach Mark Hudspeth for the Austin P football program, there are starting to be some dominoes now rolling with his assistant coaches, and you can find all that on letsgop.com for every assistant coach when they get released. Um, so hopefully, you know Hudspeth can put together a very good staff. Uh, something that sh- uh, coach that was just hired actually today, um, he has multiple years and of good experience coaching in the FCS playoffs and coach at Mississippi State with him. Um, a lot of bowl experience on the staff as well. So uh, Coach Mark Hudspeth is looking to put together a great first staff here for his first season coming up in the fall. Seen a lot of guys that have ties to HUD when he was at Mississippi State or at Louisiana. I like to have those high major guys here at the FCS level. Uh, speaking of spring practice and let's go P.com, you can find softball open their spring practice. Their first under uh, new head coach Cassie Stanfield. Find that at letsgop.com as well. Uh, anything else? Anything to recap from our, our time in beautiful and scenic Martin, Tennessee, and Cape Girardeau, Missouri? Well, I had never visited Cape Girardeau, but I had visited Martin, Tennessee before. My mother made me take a visit uh, when I was in high school to UT Martin. And, um, you know, as, as the, as the ever great student I was, once I got there, they get remember this is a fancy Northwestern uh, graduate school attendee you're listening to here. <laughs> so they gave me and some other um, high school seniors the opportunity to go to sit on like an honors an honors college presentation or something like that. Walk in the door and there's five kids who were at UT Martin at the time in the program, and they all introduced themselves, and all five of them were from Martin, Tennessee. So I'm like, what? That, that's a little weird. So we go and take our seats, and they play a little video about 10, 15 minutes of, and of, of just you know describing the the honors program. They have about nine or ten students, um, you know, talk for uh, just a little bit about what you know their experiences were, and all but one were also from Martin, Tennessee. The other one being from Lebanon, Tennessee. So as you can see, it's you know. A very exotic locale. <laughs> I, I love the people that I know from Martin. I love whenever we go to visit Martin, but I would never accuse Martin of being the most worldly place in the whole world. And to, to be fair to Martin, we went to dinner at the Hearth Restaurant Buffet. That was actually unreal. 
tried catfish for the first time, fried catfish. I still can't believe you'd never yeah. had catfish before. I, You've lived here a long time. I, I, I enjoyed it. Solid 7, 7.5 out of 10. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to eating some more catfish that Martin inspired me to eat now. So that's one thing that it has going for it. Uh, have you ever had grits? I have had grits. I, I, I enjoy grits. Just straight up grits or grits with sh- gr- grits with cheese, grits I, with shrimp? I've had, I've had grits. I've had cheese grits. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy them all. I'll eat them all. Shrimp and grits is my favorite, personally. But let's get back on topic. Uh, recapping the week, uh, men's basketball remains unbeaten at 4-0 in league play after dispatching Southeast Missouri and UT Martin. And it's time to acknowledge that something pretty cool is happening here. It, it, the Govs are 12-5 and on the season, have won 8 of 9 since the start of December, and the only loss was at Arkansas three years before, three days before the new year. Uh the four teams the Govs have beaten in league play are 2-14 and 14 through two weeks, but four of those losses were the Govs, and you've got both EKU and Moorhead State who have run the row gauntlet of Austin P. Murray State and Belmont to start the season. So this is a good Austin P. team. Now that we've got students back on campus, next week when TSU and Belmont visit the Dunn, I'm really expecting good crowds as – this is a team that deserves your support. It's very exciting. Uh, it's not just a, a pressure defense that's locking down everybody. These guys can score. They get out and run. It's fun, exciting basketball. Come to the Dunn Center. It's a treat. You will enjoy it. Uh, as far as what happened on the road last week, the SEMO game was never particularly close. Um, Part of that was SEMO was still getting Ladarius Brewer back. He'd been limited due to injury and really didn't factor much in the game. The guys were just a superior team. What they did against Southeast Missouri, they did it, and SEMO couldn't really stop them. UT Martin was a tougher game. That's a team full of transfers, upperclassmen. Uh, it, was, it was a very physical game, heavy on defense, light on finesse and touch passing. Uh, there's a lot of chirping from the crowd. UT Martin has fostered a pretty good home court environment, but then Jared Givens just starts raining in threes. Uh, just hit four in the first five minutes, I think. It was very similar to what he did against Eastern Kentucky in the Dunn a couple of weeks ago. Just that same kind of turned into a real-life NBA Jam character. Uh, then the power went out. Um, the power was out for 25 minutes. Uh, everybody just kind of stood around as we uh, waited on the lights to come back on and play to resume. It was eerily similar to the roof almost coming off of the Dunn uh, last year during the Murray State game, fortunately, did not last quite as long. But when power was, was restored and the team started playing again, it's clear that Austin was kind of off the wrong foot a little bit. It was a very tight game through most of the second half. Austin never trailed, but never got a lead larger than five points. Martin was there the whole way. It looked like the guys were really in trouble after Martin went the length of the floor for an easy bucket with about 16 seconds left. Uh, just kid got a got the inbounds pass, turned to look up the court, and there was 60 feet of nothing in front of him between him and the hoop. It was it was a defensive breakdown the likes of which you just do not see uh, the Govs have very often anymore. The Govs then missed two free throws with seconds left in a two-point game, but Terry Taylor rose to the occasion and swatted Kevin Little's attempt at the rim as time ran out to secure the win for Austin P. Unfortunately for the women, not as successful as the men after their 2-0 start on opening weekend, their first game at SEMO. Um, kind of a slow start. They trailed 8-0 you know, to start the game. But then they got back in the game. actually led it the first quarter. 
and then neither team could really take control of the game until Maya LaFleur sparked a run uh, around mid-late third quarter. Around that time span, scored six of the next Austin P, uh, six of the next eight Austin P points, and the Govs took the lead by eight. Um, that forced a timeout by Simo, and that's that timeout really was just all Simo from there. Took control of the game back. Um, they had a player inside who was listed as six four. She yeah. was a giant. Yeah. Uh, don't know if I'm saying her name right, so I apologize to the zero Simo listeners that are tuning into this podcast. But Latrice Sana or Sane um, really dispatched every Govs drive to the hoop, or at least made it very difficult for the Govs to get you know baskets in and around the paint and. Um, eventually the Red Hawks got out to a six to eight point lead and, you know, able to hit their free throws, even if the Govs were able to make a basket. So, you know, unfortunately ended up, you know, losing a, a, a close game for pretty much the majority of that contest at Martin. The script was completely different. Um, the start again, you know, slow, but, you know, I, I guess ultra slow at this point. I mean, there was 26 to six at the end of the first quarter. Um, shots weren't going in. UT Martin shots were going in. Um, it was the least number. It was the least number of points the Govs had scored in the first quarter of the season, and the most they'd given up. So that's obviously not a good combination to start a game at any point. But give credit to David Midlick and his staff. After the end of the first quarter, Coach Midlick simply walked out to his team, started clapping, say, "Hey, we're fine. You know, we're fine. Let's go. We're gonna have it. You know, taken care of." And for the next three quarters. Austin P, in my, you know, in mine and Colby's opinion, was easily the better team in this game, um, and not really particularly close. You know, if they shot the ball just a little better, maybe they get over that hump and win this game. But you know, they were still down by 22 in the third quarter, and with 90 seconds left, they had cut it to four, and they took 20 shots in the first quarter to UT Martin's eight, forced nine UT Martin turnover turnovers in the fourth quarter, led by Ariel Gonzalez's Varner, Ariel Gonzalez Varner's 22 points. And six rebounds after she narrowly missed out on a double-double against Simo. Um, Keisha Gregory, who went 8 of 8 from the line, and Nigel Crawford reporting 10 points most in the second half, also played their parts in that huge rally. They just, you know, ended up falling a little bit short. Um, you know, down four when UT Martin got the ball back, played great defense in the next possession. And then the Skyhawk player simply hit a very tough off-balance shot and then able to hit their free throws to, to close the game out. But... Um, you know, the Govs would take confidence if they can play that way for, you know, the whole game for those three quarters, you know, really outplaying a, a pretty good Martin team on their home floor for the majority of that game, then there's no reason why the Govs cannot go and get a couple wins on the road this year or a couple wins on the road this week. Yeah, let's start, <laughs> let's start with this week, then we'll look forward to the rest of the year. Uh, Martin's a really tough place to play, men's or women's, and I thought both teams, with the exception of one quarter of the women's game, both teams really played well down there. Track and Field got its first look at the home of the 2019 OVC Indoor Championships in Birmingham, Alabama at the Vulcan Invite and walked away with 14 top 10 finishes, including a win for Savannah Amato in the pole vault because Savannah almost always wins. It's noteworthy when she doesn't after her 22nd career victory in 56 career meets for a 393 winning percentage during her career. That's pretty good. Uh, there's quite a few Austin Peay football coaches prior to the uh, last couple of years who would have taken 393 as a winning percentage. Oh, yeah, I would agree. And moving on to some individual honors, starting with Jabari McGee from men's basketball earning OVC Newcomer of the Week honors. Uh, Jabari is uh, now two double-doubles in, his, in the four OVC games that the men's basketball team has played this year, uh, averaging about 10 points and eight rebounds a game since the Purdue 
Purdue-Fort Wayne win. Um, had a tip-in as um, time expired in the first half against SEMO and then scored eight of the Govs' 13 points um, to end, was it the first half against UT Martin? Yep. Yeah, and then uh, another men's basketball player, Terry Taylor, named to the Lou Henson midseason watch list. That is a award, I think, for mid Best, best uh, mid-major, mid-major player of the year, basically. Yeah. And then, again, Savannah Amato. She's, she's always in the conversation here for Players of the Week when track and field is in season. Uh, Colby touched on her. Um, so, again, congrats to those three. We will wrap this up, take a break, and bring in Chase Cordy to talk about men's golf, his career, and a little bit of everything else right after this. Chicken man in Philly last night, and they blew up his house too. Down on the boardwalk, they're ready for a fight. Gonna see what them racket boys can do. Now there's trouble busting in from out of state, and the DA can't get no relief. For Chase Cordy, golf is a family affair. Both older brothers played collegiately. You might remember Dustin Cordy's name as he played at Austin P from 2009 to 13 and represented the Govs at the 2013 NCAA Championships as an individual. Chase followed in his older brother's footsteps to Clarksville, but it's clear he's carving his own path after an all-OVC freshman campaign that on multiple occasions I've mistakenly referred to as freshman of the year because, one, it was worthy of it, and, two, I have a terrible memory. Chase, thank you for coming in today. Oh, thank you. Let's talk about your family a little bit first because it's the start of your story, but by no means the end of it. How much of an influence did Dustin and his experience here play a part in you choosing Austin P? Well, I was a late bloomer anyways, so I didn't have any – I didn't have many options, I would say. And Austin P was always there, and it felt like home. So I came on a visit, and uh, I really liked it. So, But um, I would say it definitely influenced it just because, you know, my brother being here. Golf parents, as I've known them, have usually fallen into two kind of different camps. Supportive cheerleaders or hyper-competitive parents living and dying with every shot. I met your parents. They don't really seem to fall into that category. They observe, they clap, they let you be and let you play. Has it always been like that for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, back in high school, well, both my brothers have played collegiate and high school golf, you know, and junior golf as well. So, you know, they've they've been on the golf course. They've watched plenty of golf tournaments, but... I have a pretty funny story about uh, my dad at one of my lowest rounds ever. Um, so I was playing at a high school event in Owensboro, Kentucky, and through about 11 holes, I think I was five or six under, and I look up and my dad's nowhere to be seen. So I'm like, whatever. So I keep playing, and um, on the final hole, I chip in for birdie to shoot nine under. And I look up, and he's on the side of the green with a cheeseburger in his hand. And I'm like, I'm like, Dad, where'd you go? And he's like, oh, I went to go get a cheeseburger. Where'd you shoot? And I was like, nine under. I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's how it's always been for them. You know, they're supportive. I mean, but they've seen enough golf. You they, know, they know not to get yeah. too high or too low with whatever's right. happening. Did you get into golf because you liked it, and it just happened that your brothers played, or them playing kind of plant the seed with you? It would, it would have to say the only reason I got into golf was for my brother because uh, my oldest brother. My parents got him a um, a golf club for his, like, fourth birthday. 
and he started hitting around in the backyard and I think that's how the golf was born into my family because there was no real golf before then before him my parents never played it was just they got him a golf club for his birthday so but that's the only reason I play is because they did on the course you're always stoic birdie double bogey whatever (laughs) never change expression how do you maintain just that evenness all all the way through a round um I know that I'm gonna make birdies I mean I I feel like I can make some birdies so whenever I make a double I don't get too down on myself because I know it's just two more holes and I can get that back easy so that's kind of how I maintain that is I'm just confident that I can there's always a transition from high school to college and whatever sport you're playing and different athletes navigate it in different ways what was it like for you to go from the prep ranks to collegiate um well my first tournament was at Murray and really there wasn't it didn't seem like a transition the the Murray tournament it it felt to me like a high school tournament just because I played golf in Murray or uh Kentucky and I was traveling around in Kentucky and whenever I was there it just kind of felt like a high school tournament to me so it the transition really wasn't that difficult to me but would it have been a little bit different if weather hadn't intervened and you'd been down at golf week playing that tournament as your first tournament? I think so. I think I would have had a little bit more pressure on me if I were to be playing down there. But I've seen – I know a lot of the Murray players, and I know some of the guys that were there as well. So um, it just felt like a high school tournament because I played with them all through high school. You started your first tournament as the number mm-hmm. one in the lineup. What kind of pressure does that put on a freshman? I mean, that kind of goes back to the last question. It's just I didn't really feel that much pressure, you know. It just felt like a high school tournament. But, I mean, there was, there was definitely pressure there. But once I got out there on the course, you it's know, just I, golf. yeah, just out there. Talk about the isolation you can feel as a golfer where, you know, you're part of a team, you have a coach, but by and large it's just you for 18 holes. Yeah. Talk about – just how you have to be your own you have to be your own coach you have to be the one that boosts your own confidence you have to be the one that keeps you from getting down yeah well I I wouldn't say he's you know completely not there he's there we'll see him two holes on and then three holes off you know but um, where coach does his most coaching is in the practice round and um so he'll tell us all those decisions that we make in the practice round we take to the course. So even though he's not there, all the things we've talked about we have in the back of our mind. But it is kind of nerve-wracking at times when you don't know a decision to make and it could you know, cost you a couple shots if you make the wrong decision. How do you? What's your thought process like during those moments where it's you run into something that you just haven't? It's one of those aberrations, one of those outliers that not only be not prepared for, you didn't even think of an eventuality where you'd have to prepare for mm-hmm. it. Um, I just go with my gut feeling most of the time. Um, I feel like all of us on the team are good enough to make the right decision. I think Coach trusts us too. So, yeah, we just go with our gut feeling. What kind of mental and physical fortitude do you need for the 36 whole days? Mm. Man mentally you just gotta I it's hard to hard to answer that 
Um, physically, I just look forward to getting back to the hot tub at the hotel. <laughs> but mentally, it's just you got to stay out there. Um, just got to keep grinding, really. If you're playing bad, you got to find something to do to reverse that. If you're playing good, you got to keep a level head. How do you stay mentally checked in for 140, 150 shots and all of them can make or break your round? Mm. I don't. Well, one thing is I don't, I don't, I guess I don't think about you one think shot can make way. or break my round, which. Sorry, I didn't mean yeah. to plant that seed for you. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, you just, I just stay out there, I guess. You got to keep grinding. If you do well and the team doesn't, is it difficult for you to appreciate your achievement? Uh, yes. I mean, I would I would much rather the team um, succeed more than I want to, you know. But whenever I do play well, I do feel pretty good about myself. But I don't, you know, rub it in or anything. Um, but if you I have would, a bad day and the team does great, is it feel like – does it also feel like they had to carry you and you didn't pull your own weight? Yeah, that's how I felt in the in the first of the spring last semester or in the spring last year. Um, I wasn't playing too well, but the team was. And I felt like I was kind of letting them down, but um, they did a good job and kind of letting me know that they're, you know. You'll, you'll yeah. get it back. It's yeah. just you'll pay it forward down the line. Yeah. Somebody else will struggle and you'll pick them up. They were supportive, so. That's always nice. And a quick break to talk about our friends at Domino's. Domino's is a proud sponsor and the official pizza of Austin Athletics. Clarksville Domino's locations are all locally owned, so when you are buying Domino's, you are buying local. Don't forget to use the code GOVSWIN after a governor's victory when ordering online to receive 50% off your order. That's GOVSWIN after each Austin P victory to save 50% off your order from Domino's, a proud sponsor of Austin P Athletics. Describe for me the set of events at Arkansas State last year that enabled you to hit a shot out of bounds with water to your left and to your right. Yeah, so this is probably the worst shot I've hit in my college career so far. So we had a – there's a par four that's – it's drivable, but on the last day of the turn, I think it was the last day, um, wind was blowing hard in the face, like 25, 30 mile an hour. And the way the, f- the fairway works is – the longer you hit it, the wider the fairway gets. And there's about 10 feet of rough on each side, and then it's water. So, like, all week, I talked to Coach. I was like, Coach, I really don't like this hole. And he knew I didn't like the hole. So he was up there on the tee with me, and he was like, just hit an iron out there. So I grabbed my two iron, and I tried to kind of hit down on it to keep it low out of the wind. And whenever you hit down on it, you create more spin, and it started going left. And once the ball goes left in the, into the wind, it starts pushing it more and more left. So I was just watching it, and it flew over the water. The water was probably 50 yards wide, and it flew over the water left into a cow pasture. And I just looked back at Coach, and he just shook his head. And I was like, Coach, what's that? He said, I think it's out of bounds. <laughs> and I was like, did not expect that. So I had to re-tee, and then I dumped it in the water after that. So. <laughs> it's not the best hole you've ever had. No, that was least favorite. Golf being what it is in the area, and you've alluded to this a couple of times, how you've seen a lot of these guys coming up through the ranks, played with them before. You see the same programs at a lot of the tournaments. You play with guys. You get to know guys. 
Is there anyone you get paired with a lot that you just can't stand? Murray. No. In, any individual from Murray or just Murray? No, I'm just kidding. Golf isn't – I don't think golf is like that to me. Um, I mean, like you kind of said, it's an inv- individual sport. So, um, I'm just out there playing the course. I mean, I have played – guys that I don't really like but I'm not gonna say any names or anything but okay I in college golf it kind of dropped off high school golf I I could name a lot of kids that weren't very good or was it because they were bad players or because they just didn't adhere to the rules the problem is they think they're a lot better than they are whenever they're like that um but I noticed it a lot more in high school than I did in college because I think once kids get to college they kind of mature a little bit but no I I couldn't name anybody that I just don't like. What has changed about your game or about your life from freshman year to now? Um, I I think I'm eliminating the big numbers in my game for sure. Um, nothing's really changed about my life, I don't think, other than I'm living in a house now, not the dorm. So that's living with golfers. You alluded to something that – I didn't even think to ask when you were talking about the flight of the ball at Arkansas State and mm-hmm. the spin and trajectory and everything else. How do you go from just hitting golf balls and hitting shots aimed in a direction to understanding the minutia of how the ball spins and how to work it with your mm-hmm. club? Well, I think that comes with playing, you know, thousands of rounds of golf. You just realize what happens in the situation. But – once the ball starts going offline into the wind, it just gets multiplied. But whenever it's downwind, it'll curve back online. So it's just it comes with experience, I guess. Thousands of rounds, you kind of start to understand the spin of the ball, you know, everything like that. Gotcha. We'll close with what we always close with with everybody. What is your favorite word? Um... Governors. What's your least favorite word? Racers. Who or what inspires you? I'd say my family. What's the last book you read for fun? Mm. I, I don't think I've... I couldn't recall. I couldn't recall. What is your worst habit? Probably biting my fingernails. What is the most terrifying situation you've ever found yourself in? Uh, hydroplane on the interstate one time. What is your idea of happiness? Um, PGA Tour card. What's your idea of misery? Just failing over and over. If you'd fail over and over, at what point would you stop trying whatever it was you were attempting? Until I ran out of money, I guess, if I was going for golf. <laughs> what makes you self-conscious? Um, yeah, I don't know. As a golfer, it seems like it would be tough for you to be self-conscious and be good at golf since mm. it's such an individualistic sport. It's you yeah. on the tee box. I don't know. I don't think I have an answer for that. Um, what is the most embarrassing song you've ever purchased? Purchased. Or that you just love listening to. Either way. Uh, Thank you, next. (laughs) (laughs) How would you prefer to die? 
uh, failed parachute. <laughs> That's great. You're the first person that hasn't just said, in my sleep when I'm old. Oh. If you were reincarnated, what would you like to come back as and why? Probably a swan. Big swan. A big swan. Why? Yeah, because they're illegal to kill, first of all. And I think it'd be cool to fly. Well, I guess you could do bald eagle as well, but I think swans, swans up there. What might prompt you to lie? Uh, bad consequences if I don't, I guess. What makes you hopeful? I don't know. <laughs> You're how old? 20. You're 20 and you have no reason to be hopeful, man. Um, Jesus Christ. That's a good one. What is our purpose in life? Um, my purpose is to succeed, I feel like. I don't know if that's a good question or not, but. I don't. I don't know. Succeed overall, or succeed in something specific, or succeed in golf. Well, you've been pretty successful so far. I mean, you're just a sophomore. You've still got a couple of years ahead of you here. Uh, what are, What are your ambitions? What do you want out of not only your time at Austin P, but kind of overall? Um, goals I have are to reach the top 500 and Wagger, and then top. I think it's 300 in golf stat by, you know, end of junior year, I'd say. Just goals like that. I'd like to win a couple tournaments for sure, individually, and also team-wise. I have a feeling that you'll probably get some of those goals knocked out this year. Chase Cordy, thank you for coming in today. Thank you. Thanks to Chase Cordy for joining us this week as he and the governor's mere weeks away now from opening up their spring season as the weather hopefully starts getting better soon. As for this week, we're back on the road again with basketball. Didn't even delete this line from the last script, just added this sentence at the end. The SIU Edwardsville Charleston leg of the league journey awaits the men's and women's basketball teams this week. Uh, on the men's side, Edwardsville has just never been able to put it together so far under John Harris. There's talent there. He's a solid coach. I know they were in a really bad place when he took over, but it's uh, it's just unclear why nothing has clicked so far for the Cougars. They have played three of their first four in OVC play on the road, so they'll be looking forward to get back into the Vidala Bean Center to host the Govs this Thursday starting at 7.30 p.m. As for the Saturday contest against Eastern Illinois, inclement weather uh, looking like it's on the horizon Saturday, so be on the lookout uh, at letsgop.com if there's any alterations to the schedule for that one. As for what might transpire on the court, Jay Spoonhour always has EIU rated play. Their record may not look like much purely from a number standpoint, but they've taken care of home court at Lance Arena with a 5-1 mark. 10-7 and seven overall, 3-1 and one in league play. EIU's biggest issue, they're not particularly good at anything. They're only ranking the top 100 in the NCAA in one category, which is three-point shooting. Uh, the governors, I feel like, are going to 
have some pretty clear advantages in both these games this weekend, but you can't get complacent with any team in this league. SIUE, they are getting back home. They're licking their wounds. They're looking desperately to get a win and secure their season on its footing. EIU is looking to prove that it, it, it should be taken seriously as one of the teams in the upper echelon of this league. The Govs can't afford to overlook either one of these teams. And the women also traveling to SIUE and Charleston um, for that two-game road stretch, looking for their first road win of the year. Um, and SIUE, the, their first opponent, has only played three games at home. So it may be kind of almost unfamiliar for SIUE at this point because you've played three of your 15 games at home. Um, they come in with identical records, Gov 7-8 and eight overall, the Cougars 7-8 and eight overall, both 2-2 two and two in the OVC. Um, the Cougars have played their uh, – played three of their first four OVC games uh, on the road as well. They beat Jacksonville State the last time out. SIUE, not a particularly good shooting team. Um, they shoot just over 36% from the field, under 26% from three-point line, and in the 60s for free throws. What SIUE lacks maybe in a, in a team offensive sense, they make up for in defensive sense. They are um, second in the OVC. They're averaging over 41 rebounds a game. Um, they have a... Uh, great scoring defense. The second, um, second best scoring defense. The Govs have, uh, w- or the Govs will play this season up to this point, and um, you know they don't have one particular player that's going to come out and you know put up 20 a game. But they have a very balanced team, and um, that has to you know lead to a lot of preparation. Um, for EIU, the the Saturday game, um, they're sitting at one and three in the OVC right now. So you know looking at these two opponents, you know these teams probably on paper maybe a little a little less on the you know skill level of UT Martin and SEMO. So hopefully the Govs can get rolling and claim you know at least one road win a year, preferably at SIUE, so then maybe they get some confidence going into EIU on the road. Um, but EIU also has a great home record. I think they're 6-1 and one at home. The challenge is there for the Govs. They have to go and take it as long as they play like they did the last three quarters against Martin. Um, you know, they should be, have a good chance to uh, win both, leaves, both of these games. Lance is a weird place to play. It's very bright for some reason. Continuing a season-long trend that mandates they compete at least every other week in Nashville, track and field is back to work for the Vanderbilt Invitational this week. Second meet hosted by Vanderbilt during the 2018-19 season. You'll never believe this, but last time Savannah Amato was great and Sabrina Richmond set a school record that we can't confirm because it was in the 300-meter dash, and we don't keep records of that, but a record's still a record if Doug Molnar tells me it's a record. And some more reminders, January 24th, we'll be honoring our academic achievers, academic achievers at half, (laughs) academic achievers at halftime of the men's game against Tennessee today. Is that correct? Yep. And um, January 25th is the Hall of Fame dinner. And then January 26th will be recognition um, during the basketball games for the Hall of Famers. So keep an eye out for more information and mark those dates on your calendars. For our student-athletes, the Forterra Financial Education Workshop is January 22nd from 7 to 8.30 p.m. in the UC Ballroom. It is required for our sophomores and juniors. I wish someone had sat me down and explained that I should save money when I was at that, mo- at that point in my collegiate career, so pay attention and listen to these people. And SAC is meeting January 23rd from 7 to 8 in the Govs Club room, so if you're a member of SAC or you know, want to be a prospective member of SAC, then this is a great meeting to go to. to, go to. Who's for Heroes is February 8th at the Echo Power Club level over at Forterra Stadium. 
Once Morsak is sending a veteran to the OVC tournament. The dinner is free, but a small donation goes a long way at this event. Reach out to Combs for more details about it. Reach out to Combs for more details about everything. And Dylan, where can people get in touch and find out all the things they want to know about Austin Athletics on social media? You can find us at Let's Go P on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you also follow every single individual team's Twitter um, with their respective handles. Um, Taylor Wiseman and Tyler Davis getting some good content ready for us, getting some videos and stuff like that put on the Twitter feed so you know that, that Govs fans can see all the highlights and, and great moments from all of the sporting events here around Austin P. Let's go P.com for dates, news, and stories. Dylan, Cody Bush, Stephen Delay, and myself, we all work tirelessly, ceaselessly throughout the day to get you all the information that you could possibly want for your governor news and notes. And at this point, if you don't have basketball tickets, you know, basically what are you doing here? Go see Katie Locke. Go see Sydney Hooper in the ticket office. Um, these two basketball teams, you know, very good teams, deserve the support. Great home crowds can really turn the tide of a game and spell doom for opponents. Uh, we've had it before in the Dunn Center, and we need it again here coming up to the bulk of the conference season. Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, directly on the website at letsgop.com slash podcast. Give us a rating and review on the podcast. Let us know if we're doing well or if we're terrible. And if you want to suggest a guest, let us know of a local or on-campus event we should shout out or just say hey to Dylan for no reason at all. Email us at shortsd at apsu.edu or wilsonrc at apsu.edu. And we will talk to you guys again next week. Goodbye. Sing your song, blackbird, sing your song for me. So I can sway when my body hangs underneath a sycamore tree. A lonely girl, so I'm letting it be. She keeps a calling out my name. I'm gonna send that evil woman straight to hell when I set this house up in flames. When I set this house up in flames.